Uh, as we open up the Word of God, let's, let's pray, eh? <clears throat> Dear Lord, we thank you. We thank you. Uh, we say you are great. Great is the Lord. Great is the Lord. Great is the Lord. And as we open up your Word today, Lord, that you, great Lord, would speak to us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And uh, wonderful to listen to Warren's message online last week. So that's online on the website. If you didn't get to hear that, excuse me, I'm just going to look this up. Uh, message on the parable of the soils. And I want to concentrate on one of those, actually. And it's the fun one, the good soil. The good soil, Mark chapter 4, verse 20, produces huge amounts, great productivity. Three out of the four seeds actually failed, but the fourth one had huge productivity. Uh, Jesus says in the parable, 30 or 60 or even 100. Luke's version, uh, Luke 8, only concentrates on the 100. One seed, 100 fold. Incredible growth. There was this German guy a couple of decades ago, Christian Swartz was his name, and he did a survey of a thousand churches in 32 countries, five continents, uh, all about churches that do well, that grow. And uh, he found that churches grew like plants. They grow naturally. Uh, there's something just naturally supernatural about church growth. You can't manufacture it, uh, but you can inhibit it. You can kill it, but you can also nurture it as well. So we're going to read some scriptures about church growth from uh, the book of Acts. Book of Acts, we've got those on there. Thank you. So first one, Acts chapter 2, verse 47, says this, Praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord was adding to their number by day those who were being saved. Acts chapter 5, verse 14, And all the more believers in the Lord, multiples of men and women were constantly added to their number. Acts 6, verse 1, now this time, while the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint arose on the part of the Hellenistic Jews, uh, Greek Jews, against the native Hebrews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily serving of food. Acts 6 verse 7, the word of God kept on spreading and the number of the disciples continued to increase greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of the priests were becoming obedient to the faith. Acts 9, verse 3. So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria, Samaria enjoyed peace, being built up and going on in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. It continued to increase. Acts eleven twenty one, And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a large number who believed turned to the Lord. Acts 11, verse 24, For he is a good man and full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and considerable 
numbers were brought to the Lord, Acts 16, verse 5. So the churches were being strengthened in the faith and were increasing in number daily. So there was, as the Spirit of God moved, the Spirit of Jesus moved, there was numeric growth. The harvest of the Spirit was people. Huge numbers were flooding into the early church. And so I want to talk about uh, five things about that. Growth in numbers. Growth in numbers, firstly, is natural. When the Lord is at work, it, it kind of happens. It's, it's what happens. It's like plants. It grows. It's occasional. Not always, not all the time, not in all places, not amongst uh, all people groups. It's like the growth of your children, of children. Uh, some, you know, they stay at that height and then all of a sudden they go like that. <laughs> So uh, church growth can be like that as well. It's not all the time. can be occasional. can be uh, gradual. And Luke's version of the parable says this, the good seed by persevering produces a crop. By persevering. There's an amazing Anglican man in uh end of 18th century, start of the 19th century, called Charles Simeon. And he came to faith at university, uh, became an Anglican priest early in his 20s. Uh, Ended up at Holy Trinitan Brompton Church. Uh, To start with, the church hated him. They did not want him. They, They wanted another guy to be their minister. They got him. And they disliked them so much. In those days, uh, you rented your pews. They locked their pews so that people could not come to the church to listen to him. People had to stand at the back of the church. Simeon, child Simeon, he got some other pews, put them down at the back. The church wardens threw those benches out of the church. <laughs> but he, uh, he, had a, he wrote his resignation letter And God spoke to him through a verse that um, Simon carried the cross of Jesus. So he stayed. And he stayed and he he stayed there for 50 years. They say by the time of his death, uh, one in three Anglican priests had been in England, had been taught at least once by Charles Simeon. Had such an impact by persevering. Church growth is gradual at times, and it's initial, natural, occasional, gradual, initial. It's an initial thing the Lord does. Follow-up is required. Uh, Structures, teaching, uh, often solidified by teaching and fellowship to help the new life grow. Fellowship's so important. You know, after the new people come, they need mutual support uh, to help their new life. And people with room in our hearts, in our minds, in our lounges, in our agendas, do we have room in our hearts, in our timetables for new people? Uh, I know this lady of Dutch heritage, 
I uh, apologize to anyone of Dutch heritage in case you're offended by this. And uh, I was t- talking to her one day, and and um, they uh, um, have a reputation of bluntness, incredible bluntness, Dutch people. And I asked her, and she found that, and she says, oh, yeah. She was in, she as a young person, she was staying in Holland for a few months, and um, she was trying to get to know a few people, and she met a lady, and she said, um, maybe she, we should get together again and have coffee. And this lady replied to her, she said, no, I have enough friends. <laughs> but <laughs> do we have room? Do we have room for new people? Do we have room in our hearts and our agendas for new people? Uh, on our holiday, on our way back, we stayed at uh, East West Bible College. I talked to the mission director, and he, he said this of Poland with the Ukrainian refugees. They say that 2,000 Polish people have opened up their homes to Ukrainian strangers to have them stay in their homes. Isn't that amazing? And they're not a wealthy country. They've opened up themselves to strangers. Will we do that if people come? And people coming into the church, it's, it's partial. It's only part of what the Lord is doing. It's only partial. It's only part of what the Lord is doing. The numbers. Uh, David, King David, was a man after the Lord's heart, but he wasn't perfect. Uh, he's infamous for his adultery with Bathsheba and then the killing of her husband. But there's another terrible thing that David did that has many of us these days scratching our heads. And this is a terrible thing David did. He counted the people. He commanded a census of the people. Whoa. Why? Why is that regarded by God and also by David? He said he was conscious stricken after he did it. Why? What's so bad about that? And the thing is this, it's not totally explicit in the scripture, but probably it's along these lines. That as David sent out the people to count how many people, and particularly how many fighting men, David regarded the people as his people, but actually they weren't. They were gods. They were gods. Israel belonged to God. And what David was doing there, he was allowing his his pride and his ambition, his ambition to overtake the faith, his faith that the people were gods and that God would look after them and God would protect them. There's something about numbers that can just feed our pride and our ambition, eh? It's a, it's a tricky thing. It's a dangerous thing at times. To focus only on numbers, on the extra people coming in, that's wrong. That's wrong. It's one of the things God does, but it's not the only thing. 
Galatians 5.22, as well as the work of the Spirit of bringing people in, this is what the Spirit does. The fruit of the Spirit is this. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Amen. I'm actually slightly nervous about saying this, and I could be wrong, and uh the indicators, you know, there's blast, there's icy blast. You know, COVID is still around. <laughs> um, there's never been a harder time, I reckon, in the life of the church than this day and age. It's really, it's really hard to be the church at this time in history. Uh, but however, having said that, I, I get the feeling, and I could be wrong, and um, there's no money back guarantee, but I kind of feel that the Lord's going to bring more people to us. <laughs> what? Qualified it as much as I can, but I, <laughs> but I do feel that's what the Lord's going to do in our rebuild. Amen? Uh, you want to hear about some healing? Carolyn. And uh, maybe Karen will help us pray. Others will help us pray. I want us to um, pray about perseverance. If you feel you need some perseverance in your faith, we'll pray for that around that area. Um, we'll pray for healing. Anyone needs some healing? Anything else? We'll pray after that. Thank you, Caroline. Thank you. Um, last July, my husband had a stroke, and he lost his right peripheral sight in both eyes. So he could only see to the left in both eyes. Anyway, um, so that's good. We've been making progress. I go to a Bible study every week, and we were studying the Gospel of Mark. And um, we have 20 questions each week and everything. And I came to this verse, which is Mark 8, 22 and 23. And Jesus took the blind man by the hand, and led him out of the village. So the people brought this blind man to Jesus. And I mean, that's what we can do too. He spat on the man's eyes, and he laid hands on him and asked, can you see anything? And then later he laid hands on him again. So this really jumped in my heart. You know how words come out of the Bible and you do your heart. And I thought, oh, I can do this. So I didn't spit on Simon's eyes because <laughs> I'm not Jesus. But I have the love of Jesus. I have the Holy Spirit in my heart. So every night I laid my hands on his eyes and we prayed in faith for healing for these eyes. I had been told by the optician that they wouldn't, he, they wouldn't change and they wouldn't heal. But I had faith and so I did this. A week later he started picking up the newspaper and reading it. So I said, right, we better go to Specsavers. So we go to Specsavers, and do you know, lo and behold, he can see there's more vision in both eyes out to the right. 
And so God is a great God. Jesus is with us, and He can. And we just. And this verse continues on, and the man was completely healed. And so we're still continuing to pray for complete healing for his eyes. So we just need to have the faith. And I just encourage you. Um, if anyone doesn't know Jesus, we're here to pray with you. If you haven't got the Holy Spirit in you. Uh, it's just so important. I've been reading a book called Je by Jackie Pullinger about working in Hong Kong in the walled city. And she takes these heroin addicts and she prays over them and they start speaking in tongues and they come off heroin without any withdrawal symptoms. God is an amazing, Jesus is amazing when he's with us. And so now we can come to the prayer corner and... Um, the Holy Spirit can do the same for you. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us. Great are you. Great are you, Lord. And, uh, Lord, I bless these people today for this week. Your presence go with them, whatever they do, wherever they go. In your mighty name, amen. Uh, have a cup of tea. Um, outside will be good in the sun. That's... Uh, better in these days. So yeah, bless you.